Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. This is Danielle Ward. Hello. And that's Marek Larwood. Hello. Hello, chaps and chapesses. How are we? I don't know. Is everyone quite tired today? Danielle's got a little tractor. I've been trying to control my breath. I could have done that for much longer, you know. Uh, but it would have been boring. How long can you do that? About 30 seconds, which is a long time. Um, I am... I'm a bit tired. I have to take double antihistamine because of the hay fever. It is the peak of hay fever season it right is. now. It is, yes. Thousands of people bad. dying all, all around um, London. Yeah, is is that the plot of The Happening? No, I think... Um, weapons in The Happening. The trees release pollen and everyone dies. But they kill themselves. Yeah, yeah, like like people do with hay fever. Though sometimes the hay fever, the pollen goes in your eyes just as you're trying to cross the road, which can be hazardous. <laughs> How much worse would your hay fever have to get before you killed yourself? <laughs> Not much worse. So if if without hay fever is one, and where you currently are is four, yeah, how much worse? Well, for a couple of ten, obviously. Wow. Okay. But okay. we'd have to, everything has to get. So to it would only it, I would only have to get one and a half times worse. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a scale of ten. No, not always. Some people, some depressives, would kill themselves around six. So That's true. Yes, you know, yeah. What a lovely opening. If you haven't killed yourself yet... <laughs> I'll put it away. Uh, some films were out this week. There were some films out this week, weren't there? What, uh, what have you the, gone to see? Well, I didn't go and see Before Midnight, because I haven't seen the two other films, but I started watching Before Sunset and it was a bit boring. I really liked them Before Sunset, those two, but I felt I should watch them again before I watched Before Midnight... And also I thought, hmm, hey, do you know what? It's not really a cinema film, it's something you can watch at home. Yeah. So I thought I'd save that. And my last cinema trip involved Ethan Hawke. Uh, and I thought, give give another guy a chance. Ethan, yeah. you're bloody everywhere at the moment. <laughs> he is, it's a bit of like an Ethan Hawke season. Yeah. You want to almost purge yourself of Ethan Hawke. It's like Hawke season. Yeah. Nice. Which is not a thing. Who does he think he is? Michael Fassbender or Channing Tatum? Oh yeah, all those guys. Um, so Did you I... know Ethan Hawke actually played Kez, 
Yeah, that's true. That's why he got his name. That's his, his breakthrough film. Now, mm. I worked with Birds of Prey, and I can tell you, a kestrel, not the same as a hawk. No, I know that. Kestrels are far more common in the countryside. You can see them hovering over... They're a lot lighter. They fly in a different way, different feet. Which really part get... of the the, uh, the title of uh, the film, Kez, comes from the book A Kestrel for a Knave. And that's from a rhyme, a medieval rhyme, which is which bird of prey goes with which person in the social uh, strata. Who gets a hawk? Yeah. It's a hawk for a prince and an eagle for a queen. Oh, and a robin for a <laughs> pig. Plumber. A robin for a pig. <laughs> if you're a new listener, you will be baffled. Uh, but we've talked about Kez, so you know. That's a a seagull for a sailor. Yeah, that'd be good. He'd like that. This is a good game, this. It is. A um, raven for a six-year-old. Yes, yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, an albatross for an albino. <laughs> a red kite for an old bloke. That's quite... Oh, I said, why not play this? Uh, oh, we won't do all the birds. You can save some for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there were other films out. We haven't still seen Man... Man of Steel. No, I haven't seen Man of Steel. Everybody's told us to avoid Man of Steel. I have, but it, fascinatingly, um, with Man of Steel, I've, I don't think in recent years I've had a film where so many people not only have told me they don't like it, but have wanted to tell me exactly why and give it their full review. And everyone seems to have enjoyed the first 20 minutes to 25% of the film. And then they sort of start weeping. I, who, I had a friend who walked out of it. First film they've ever walked out of. Who oh, walks man. out? It, a director friend of mine, but yeah, yeah. a theatre director Not friend proper of mine. Director, Not the guy who directed it. Yeah, yeah. His mate, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Zach Schneider of 300 and Watchmen fame. Um, uh, yeah, Man of Steel just doesn't look very... We've had lots of letters saying it's awful from you. Well, mm. We went out last week and there's been several more saying they're very impressed with it. So instead... What did we you go and watch? went to see. I went to see the same film as you, but not at the same time because uh, I different don't like that. Different times, different places, different <laughs> seats, and cinemas, different people. <laughs> uh, what did you go and see? World, world War, War Z. Z. So here's my problem. Not, it's not yeah. World War Z. It is. It's World War Z. It's an American film. Yeah, well, like, it's based I'm on a, a book that is apparently World War Z because it's an American book. Uh, but isn't it supposed to be like a pun on World War Three? You see, so it's World War Z. Yeah, you didn't even get that. You thought it was a pun on World War Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. The, the Great War, or World, actually, World War Birth, as it was known. I thought it was a pun on World War Shed. <laughs> an argument on allotment, and allotment gets out of hand. And Very out of they've hand. They've just scaled it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it like? Brad Pitt's production company, he's fought quite hard to get this film made. Yeah. There was a big battle over who was going to get Is the rights to it. Is he Plan B or Skydance? He's Plan B. Uh. Now, I have read or was 64%, according to my Kindle, uh, 64% of the way through the book this is based on. Okay. Have this, you read World Wars No, but Z? this film made me want to read the book because... I thought the film was okay. I'll get to it in a bit why I thought it was okay. But it, you can tell there's a great book in there. You can tell that there is a really good book in but there. Somewhere. Isn't that a frustrating thing in a movie where you go, oh, I bet the book's good? That just means you're not really enjoying this. That means, oh, it's got potential, but it's sort of mediocre. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean. 
I've got a, uh, another bone of contention. Did you not like it? Really? Well, air it. I liked the um, film. I thought the film was alright. I thought it was better than the book. I enjoyed it more oh, than the book. Really? So a, it's, it's coincides with an email later on. The book itself is got, it's not actually uh, the structure of it is very different from a normal novel. So you see the film, it's, it's got a sort of narrative in it with following one character. Essentially, the book is a collection of it's written it's compiled by a journalist. And it's a collection of interviews with different survivors of World War Z from around the world. Oh. So it's almost, it's very journalistic. It reminded me of like a GCSE history exam when you're reading all different sources mm. about what happened. Do you know what, when I was watching the film and you're following the protagonist, I thought, oh, I bet the book's great because it'll be all like his inner thoughts and that that they can't put on the screen. And that's not the so, case. But it's it sounds like a sort of literary experiment where it, it's... Sort of fabricating a, um, a, a fabricating a historical document yeah. of an event, just I, just like Tolkien fabricated a mythology of a. a I think know. with Tolkien, did it, he did it more with the story and the back, the uh, you know the backgrounds of the depth of all this uh, Lord of the Rings is just huge. So is World War Z uh, more like short stories? Really? Yeah, it's, it's almost like reading news reports. It's like okay. reading a newspaper interview. Oh, uh, and. And I found it quite boring because from all around the world, some of the stories are better than others. They're more uh, some individual stories about how people encountered zombies, some from, from different perspectives, like some people in Hollywood, you know, some people in poorer areas of Japan, where the sort of areas where it might have been the source of the actual disease. Loads of different experiences from different narrators. And after a while, it does get a bit tedious because you almost want a narrative. Yeah, you, you want to find out what happened. Yeah. But I think that's why it was so... Uh, maybe gain notoriety with that yes. was a different style of storytelling yeah and the, the feat of being able to write a book in with you know 50 different voices and that, and that epic scale for a zombie 50 shades of zombie 50 shades yeah. of yeah 50 shades of Z Z um that epic style for that epic scale sorry for a zombie film is mm, something new rubbers of testings against my mouth <laughs> <laughs> He pushed his eyeball down my throat. I couldn't breathe, I but I didn't mind. Um, now, does does this film, because I haven't seen it, I must admit, um, does this film do uh, what all zombie films do, and that is when the outbreak happens, uh, the human race, not only do they not know what it is, but they also could not conceive of a zombie virus and you have to spend ages with them discovering what zombies are. No, it's the total opposite. It's Great. immediately... Well, it's zombies, isn't it? Brilliant. That's Because we have to get to that point with zombie films now. And right? they use the word zombies and they, you normally you don't use the word zombies. In, there were things that it did that I really liked. I liked the fact that it just cuts to the chase and it was like, oh, 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 zombies. One of the things that I didn't like, I flipped between my likes and dislikes. Too much crick cracking. Crick cracking. The crick crack <laughs> Oh man, there's way too much crick cracking. There's a lot of... Now, crack, 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 crack. let's talk about the zombies themselves. Yeah. Are I've they got... fast or slow? Yeah, this is a problem. Are yeah. they 28 days or Ramirez? Well, they're they reason... try and they try and have their cake and eat it. Mm. Oh. Mm. They're cake-eating zombies. Well, you think they would eat cake? Yeah. If they would eat cake, they would eat <laughs> They, um, when they're... When they're not attracted by humans, they walk very slowly. So you get the you get some footage. Yeah, but I do that. The film's like in two parts, isn't it? There's like there's a there's an epic part at the beginning with very fast zombies, and then the bit that I enjoyed much more was when they're in the lab when they're in Cardiff. 
the, towards the end. Yeah. What's interesting about this thing about is it's like they've taken four or five sections of the of the um, story. Yeah. I thought we'll just have these five stories and and weave into a narrative. But that's my my main problem to start off with was that the trailer pretty much don't watch the trailer. It's a great trailer, but. This film essentially is five set pieces mm. and they reveal what happens in four of them and right. all the greatest shots in the trailer. It's a real... It's Who did, still good. But is, is, there a, is there a character piece at the heart? Who does Brad Pitt play? Mm, I don't think there is, but that's not a problem because okay. I don't mind it just being a guy with a mission. That's that's fun. I'm I'm actually quite happy with the idea of... Cause you know, like Beyond him loving his family, you know very, very little about him. But he's still good to watch, though, Brad Pitt. He I really is, like watching yeah. him. Yeah. Um, is, it's, it's not much more than a bog-standard zombie film. It tries to do different things with it. There's all this There's this legend of how the original script was absolutely amazing and it was going to win Oscars and stuff, and it was gonna, it was a game-changer in terms of horror films. And it doesn't really do that. It is, it's got some bog-standard scares where there's nothing there and then a zombie appears right. for them. Um, there's some very it nice looks, visual set pieces, but the trailer made it look a bit sort of Black Hawk Downy or something like that. Yes, um, I... which was sort of relentless violence where it's epic scale, but you're in amongst it all the time, and it just keeps rolling in a sort of steady cam way. I thought because there's so many zombies, it's obviously, obviously computer generated. My mm. problem was the zombies themselves. Yeah, because some people said that as well. There's no gore. No, zombies aren't clean. Mm. There's no gore, so when like you, you see very little, there's not a lot of mess when the zombies get killed. Is and it a fifteen? I think Must. it's. A t- I think that's one of the reasons there isn't any gore. It might even be a twelve. Yeah, I'm not sure. 12, twelve zombie there's no films. That's why, in it. that's why they tried to make it a watered down zombie film, so there isn't any gore. So it doesn't. Re- it isn't and, really any gore and the at bits all. when there's loads of zombies, like the zombies sort of flow like water almost. They're mm. that fast, and they're that. They like move out of the way and move around objects. Well, but it just looks fake. I think the first the first film to do that well and with an adversary that it made sense for was Starship Troopers with the the bugs where yeah. they would swarm because they were insects, you know. And the, I, to my knowledge, it was the first time you saw that kind of massive shot of the piles of dead creating a ramp up the battlements kind of mm. thing, and that was terrifying. They just made who's that bloke with the um, nipple stuck to him? What? Who does the golem? Oh, uh, with Andy Circus. They just made Andy Circus to climb up a wall a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Does look a bit. Do funny. it again. Oh please. Do it again. <laughs> I want it to be incrementally different. <laughs> Another thing that makes it a bit disappointing. Like, like I was, I was fairly bored for the first half of it, and then I, was, I enjoyed it when it's like really there's loads of zombies, and it's all kind of where we're going to go, and it's like an action film. That that and zombies don't mesh because there's no sense of fear because it's just in the same way that when like loads of things are exploding, there's it's so stupid. Mm. You're obviously not going to really survive that. He's he's so lucky to get out of zombie swarms that it's sort of there's no real jeopardy when it moves to a more um, traditional zombie setting, the laboratory. Uh, it's much more interesting. It doesn't do anything. The, the only thing that it does differently from a normal zombie film is the fact that it has a slightly upbeat ending which is also cause some controversy yeah I know what you mean about that too much big noise I think I like to put it in these terms it's like say you were immediately scared and you shut yourself yeah you yeah. go oh 
I've shat myself now. I, you, I, I would say that. Wor- it can't get any worse than this. I've already done it. Yeah. Whereas if you're going for a slow boot, you think, yeah. I feel like I might do. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if I... That's the anticipation, yeah, isn't no, it? there's no room. That's the word. <laughs> mm. Yeah, rather than... No, I, un- I, I appreciated your shitting yourself <laughs> analogy, though. There's no real build. <laughs> That's how people used to explain the word anticipation before it was invented. <laughs> You know how before you shit yourself. I mean, this was maybe pre language. Yeah, it's true. It used to mostly be done with mime. Now, do you need to see World War Z at the cinema, or can we just wait until it's on Netflix inevitably? What's quite interesting, I saw a 2D version, apparently, a 3D version. I imagine the 3D version must have been unwatchable. I went to 2D as well because I couldn't stand it. 3D is worst when small things move fast. Yeah, I mean, I just I cannot imagine how horrible it must be to watch that in 3D. In and a bad way. Nothing points out the screen at you either. Where are the swords? <laughs> yeah, you need swords and you need... And um, balls bouncing out at you or a shark or something. Yeah, uh, tennis um, and swords. So I don't know mm, why the balls... Sword and balls. I don't think, I don't, it doesn't look like it was shot in 3D. It Wimble must be a post, post 3D... Um, it's absolutely fine. It is not as good as 28 Days Later. Um, How many Daniels? Six. Okay. Five and a half. Oh. So you've got terrible reviews. This I really enjoyed it. And I actually give, I'll give it an eight. Eight really? merits. Yeah. I've got some more points to make about this film. Make Go on then. Points. They turn into zombies in ten seconds. Okay. It's quite ridiculous. I like that. How do they transfer zombieism? Uh, it's through it's a traditional way. It's through bites, but not through infected blood. That's made very clear at the beginning. Okay. Um, so you have to be bitten. I think that I like, which I've not seen in a zombie film before, Brad Pitt tapes magazines to his arms. Because you know, like you always get bitten on the mm. forearm. Tapes a couple of copies of uh, Razzle <laughs> to his arms and he's all right. You want to get, I mean, that's what makes it makes magazines worthwhile mm. the thing that made me want to read the book was that, that they'd obviously really well established a world the thing with the tape like the the fact that he does all these things to stop himself getting bitten the fact that they've thought up a way of of having um, immunity to it you know that really just things that obviously it's obviously a real world that the writers created that's what made me think the book must be really good because the whole idea of you know why the reason i don't, don't give away spoilers but there's a reason he goes to this lab um in cardiff that's i've not seen that done in a zombie film before as well where you get you know there's like an anti-venom or some way of of combating them um because obviously zombieism it's about capitalism isn't it that's why Romero came up with it consumerism consumerism it's the onslaught the relentless onslaught of just wave after wave of not being able to beat this thing it's in that sense it's not traditional zombie film at all it's not really a zombie film to be honest we we seem to be in an age of allegoryless cinema though don't we films aren't really about anything deeper they're just the things that are happening that stuck with me last I listened to the podcast last week about you saying that missing the films in the eighties and all the great films that were that seem to be released and that sort of sense of fun and a bit yeah. more to them. Mm. Whether I'm just being nostalgic, well, I think I am. I don't I think, think you are. But I, I, some good films are still being made, obviously. But just like that, it's those action films that we that I think we're going through a bit of a dud patch. Yeah, the action films are just action and nothing else that's that's the best ones aren't being made in america i think it's just i think see people get so carried away with cgi and what they can Mm. do with cgi they affect they forget the fact 
that you need to actually care about the characters. There needs to be something. Well, it's that. why it's why um, we were talking about it just before we started recording. District Nine is so much fun. N- not technically an action film, but it's got you know it's a it's a thriller. I love District but Nine, but it's it's an utterly adorable character piece, chock full of CGI. It can be done. You can make a CGI heavy piece that is really kind of grabs you and tells a good story. Uh, did you? What do you think of Peter Capaldi? I forgot he was in it, but I knew I knew he was in it. Yeah, he goes in to World War Z. Does he? Yeah. Is he one would... of the guys that wears a vest? No, he doesn't wear a vest. He just goes to the gym and he. And he um, I shouldn't tell people this, but he lives in Crouch End. He was in. I've got a story about Peter Capaldi. Yeah. He's actually a proper gentleman. Is he? Because I was in. I Did he put his coat him. in a puddle for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wears a monocle. And I was crying off of me his handkerchief. Oh, well, that's nice of him. And a carriage ride home. Yeah. I stretched myself too far on the vibr- <laughs> on the vibrator. Yeah. And with quite a big agony, and he came over and he pulled my socks and off of me his handkerchief. <laughs> now, when I was doing The Magicians, this Mitch and Webb film, uh, me and Tim Plester, who, who's basically, I did this pretty terrible cameo in a terrible film called Magicians, where it's the average film called Magicians, with a guy called Tim Plester, who since his career has gone much better than mine. Peter Capaldi came out. We were playing Dinosaur Top Trumps because we were so bored waiting around. Yeah, yeah. And he came over and he, I didn't even know who he was and he introduced himself and said hello and what he did and nice to meet us. And it's really rare you get that on Yeah, yeah. Did he yeah. say, hello, I'm Peter Capaldi off a famous television that you're not He said, on. I am Sir Peter Capaldi. <laughs> From henceforth, you should refer to me as Sir. Never look at me directly in the eyes <laughs> he, I will have you killed. He, what a gentleman. He is in a film that I was completely obsessed with in the 80s. I saw it on Channel 4 and I taped it and it was like my favourite film for ages, which is Lair of the White Worm, which also stars Hugh Grant. Wow. Peter Capaldi's really... That sounds amazing. ...really cool. Is it got Hugh a, Grant's gorgeous. Has it got a dragon in it? It's got a, it has got a giant worm. It's... it's Oh, it's brilliant. Hugh Grant, Peter Capaldi, Giant Worm. Amanda Donahoe. This, this sounds great. Oh, she was sorted then. And also, Peter Capaldi played a transvestite in one of the Prime Suspects. Yeah. In like Prime Suspect 2 or something. Yes. Mm. Oh, and he well, played an angel in well uh, Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, made for TV series. Well done. I'm he's running out of things to play. My the last point about yeah. World Sorry, War Z yes. is why are the zombies suddenly superhuman, or in general zombie films, if we surely we'd have worked out how to maybe suddenly you, you turn, in ten seconds your body turned into something with strength that's multiplied by you know your normal times it's so a bit unrealistic. How do they Not get over the fact that zombie zombies would be easily defeated by any squad of trained military personnel with ammo? Because numbers. Um, yeah, numbers. It's a completely a numbers game. They are overwhelmed because obviously zombies have no sense of personal risk. So it's just like a tide of flesh okay. coming at you. And the ten second, ten seconds. So I bite, I bite Danielle. Ten seconds later, I crit crack. I'm a zombie. You've got to get down. By the time we've bitten Buddy. You can think how fast he can run. Yeah. I just stand on a raft. But we just jump. We jump on each other's heads and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, and we don't. What, are yeah. you like though a barrel of monkeys? Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, wow. Um, I yeah, the superhuman thing I put down to adrenal glands. Not for that long. Also, if you were that world war of zombies and you managed to kill them all and you'd build yourselves up again, someone keep that zombie gene a couple, you know, in the fridge just for the Olympics. 
because they run loads Very faster. Fast. You just if I was rebuilding the human race, as much as I enjoyed it, the Olympics wouldn't be a priority of mine to uh, get really back on track. It's really yeah, I mean, it's good for the soul. Think of it was last year. Yeah. Yeah, but I would unite everyone under one nation, get rid of the nation states, so there'd be no one to compete against. Sounds like we've got a communist amongst our mists. Um, communists love the nation states. One of the other oh, yeah, things... Well, what are you? A bumunist. <laughs> That's things... right, and proud of it. One of the things that's a little bit disappointing is it's always fun in zombie films to have your uh, zombie set pieces with an actual zombie. So, like, uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, you've got the little girl and then you've got stuff in the mall and mm. things. And, you know, you've got a group of people coming together. This is why it isn't really a zombie film. There's only one real fun zombie uh, who does the the thing with his teeth. And that's it. You only get to really see a zombie close up once. It's almost like they've spunked all the money on other things and didn't have any anything left for prosthetics. Mm. Uh, you need your spunk zombie. <laughs> you do. Um, so that was also... But it's fine. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> so I hope you're listening, Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's, for, for World War ZZ. I'd be really interested... To, it'd be interesting to read the original script. Mm. This, like, this thing that it does that's so interesting and it just fails a little bit for me. I had such low expectations after all these thing a uh, reading review it got panned yeah. yeah it's much better than that it's much better than you think it is me too that's why i think i gave it that's why i didn't absolutely hate it but now looking back it probably isn't very good i've given it i think i've given it a generous eight but i still going to stand by that okay well that's world war z in cinemas now if you fancy it if you've seen it already um why not Tell us what you thought of it. Email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or write something on our Facebook wall, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango. Or twist for us. I would be interested to know what your favourite zombie films are. Ooh. At Film Fandango. You see Flight of the Living Dead? See, yeah. that's why there's a... I'm not going to... I don't want to give anything away, but <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit like Flight of the Living Dead, but not as much fun. I get mixed up with... Uh, I think the more one's the best. That's the second. That's Dawn of the Dead. Dawn yeah. of the Dead's the And the more remake one. of that was also very good. Really good, yeah. Yeah, a great film. Right, well. It is time. We to have speak to got you some correspondences. That's <laughs> um, great. Um, so, uh, Danielle, you have uh, something, an email there. An email? email? An email. The Facebook is our face from our Facebook. Facebook. It's on a it's piece a... of paper, so I don't know the origin. It's Facebook. Apparently it's Facebook. Facebook. Uh, it's from Janice Earls in Milton Keynes. I don't know what that accent is. Milton they're... Keynes is a new town, so it has to be an, a completely neutral accent, like a, bit, a robot. I think a bit depressed, though. A depressed robot. And they have cows there. A depressed cow robot. L- uh, uh, yes, but maybe um, she's lactose intolerant. One of you, sorry, can't remember which, wondered what we thought you looked like if we hadn't seen you. I always think of Danielle as Clara from the current Doctor Who. Hmm, Marek as Peter Davison. As he appeared in the old Doctor Who, I'm spotting a theme here. And David as Scott Bakula rhymes with Dracula as he appeared in Quantum Leap. Why am I not in Doctor Who? Well, you're still in a sci-fi series, (laughs) Yeah, mine is great. As I have Emmy, I spend most of my time resting. I really look forward and have listened to every one of your podcasts. Thanks for brightening my day. Janice Ellis from Milton Keynes. Thank you, Janice, for your Facebook message. Thank you, Janice. I'm glad I... you listened to the podcast. I don't look anything like Clara, but... um. Clara Oswald. Clara Oswald. I'm going to run around and not be not react to any danger. <laughs> Hello, blokes. 
I think that probably mine is the most flattering of those. <laughs> Peter Davidson. I like Scott Bakula. I look more like Peter Davidson now in what was he in that vet thing he did. Oh yeah. No, but he's oh, an... my mum loved that. All creatures great and small. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I had Peter Davidson's autograph from winning a drawing competition when I was four on a Doctor Who poster, and my I won a. a drawing competition basically and my mum threw the poster away it would have been worth 80 billion pounds what, now. you should have taken it on uh, Dickinson's Real Deal I was going to do that but I was going to take it on Holmes and the Hammer <laughs> <laughs> well I've got an email here are you not going to discuss the fact you look like Scott you said look like your voice sounds like Scott Bakula Scott Bakula's voice I think you look more like Scott Bakula than who has the same birthday as me um, well, th- um, than Marek or I look like people from Doctor Who. Well, I, but it's my voice, isn't it? So it's, I'm clearly giving you off something that suggests that I've just been dropped into a brand new situation and I'm barely coping with it. No, I think there's something quite. Um, what's the word? Is deeply moralistic. Yes. Yeah, and a bit annoying. And I'm always slightly listening to a voice in my head tell me statistics about things. You could play you could play the remake. There must be a remake of Quantum Leap soon or a film of it. Yeah, you'd think so. I'd love that. That would be great. Who would we get to play Al? Um, Dean Stockwell's still around. We'd have to be, I think... Channing Tatum. These days you'd probably need to have someone sort of ethnically diverse. Queen Latifah. Um, Queen Latifah. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Alicia Dixon. All of them. A Alicia. massive group of ethnically diverse people. Yeah, you've got more than one. All of our Ziggies, say. Lucy you've got a... Lou. L- yeah. She'd be good. Now we're just listing ethnically diverse people again, she aren't we? She makes a good sidekick. Is Gandhi still alive? No, he's not. He famously died. Nelson Mandela. Well. Well, who knows? This goes out on Friday. Get well soon, Nelson. Or rest in peace. Now... <laughs> Now, I've got an email here. <laughs> well, we've got to cover ourselves. Okay, I've got an email here from Ben Grubb. Ben writes, Hello, David, Daniel, American buddy. First off, I'd just like to say how much my wife and I enjoy Film Fandango Live. It was interesting to see the films you guys made. We thought Buddy's performance was particularly powerful. And great to see Robocop again. It's been a long time for me and the first time for my wife on the big screen. Hopefully it won't be the last time you hold an event like that. I've been thinking, after your discussion of your 3030 films, what would be at the other end of the spectrum? For example, Danielle has mentioned a few times about her dislike of Run Fat Boy Run. And I'd be very interested to hear more about your least favourite films and more specifically, why you didn't like them. Maybe it could also cover films which are widely regarded as good, but you feel are massively overrated or just plain rubbish. I think it could make for an interesting and amusing discussion, mainly just because I like listening to Danielle rent on about crap. He says things, I added the crap for flavour. Anyway, keep up the good work, and hopefully I'll get to see you at the Forge and Foundry again at some point. Cheers, Ben. P.S. Just FYI, I live in London, and I'm originally from East Sussex, so I have no strong accent to speak of. (laughs) Thanks, Ben Grubb. Um, Thanks, Ben Grubb. You've actually um, 
echoed a similar uh, request from Ian Smith on Facebook, who said, we've heard your 30 uh, star movies. What about your zero or under five star movies? Sorry, um, so, Ian Smith is from uh, the Antarctic. The Antarctic, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's better. It's the Arctic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, Doing your polar bear accent. Worst films. Well, I hate The Untouchables. Oh, but come on, it's not going to get zero, 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 no, is it? I'm just saying it's a film that is widely regarded as a classic. Okay, oh, how about we make this the challenge this week? Pick a film, see if it can get under five total. Uh, I've got one. Okay, Danielle, you go first. Serendipity. Can't even remember it. Neither can I. No. I have seen it though. Is that the one with Ben? A- no, Sandra Bullock and no, no, it's Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack. That's I have not seen for. it. Basically, pick any Kate Beckinsale film. Film your. I'll go for Pearl Harbor. I've not seen. <laughs> oh, Pearl Harbor, Harbor. zero. <laughs> You've not seen it. No. Automatically has to get a five for not seeing it. And any Kate Beckinsale film, then you're safe. Yeah. I what about like... shooting fish? That's all right. Okay, that was the one when she broke through. And yeah. Those weird sort of when her sh- hair was still short. Yeah. Um. Come, um, Marek, What's your guess? Under under five. Hmm. On uh, the fifty first state. I've not seen it. With Samuel L. Jackson in a kilt. Yeah. Um. It's so weird. And I don't understand what Robert it Carlyle. thinks it's doing. Yeah, it's that's for me. It's got to be like a two. I think it's a one for me. I've not seen it. <sighs> I've got a suggestion though. Yeah. Unbreakable. Oh, Unbreakable! I found contemptible as a film. I would give it. A, I think. It right, I think it? it's a three. I think it's all right. I don't like to ever engage my brain when watching a film, mate. So that's why. Aww. Oh, it's really smug. Um, they called me Mister Glass. Make it, make it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Whose turn is it now? It's I'm disabled, so I must be evil. Stupid M. Night Shyamalan. I haven't had a guess. I'm going to guess Dark Shadows. Th- I've not seen... That's the one I've seen that. Yeah, I've so, forgotten you hadn't seen it. It was a zero from me. With these films, is that you you hear they're really, really bad. And so you, you don't watch them. them. Mm. Let's try and think of some films that are generally widely regarded as being great that you hated then. Well, I went through my IMDb. What I like to do on IMDb. Yes, Mary. When I've seen a film, I go home, I go straight on the internet, and I give it a mark on IMDb. And what's great about it is it saves all your ratings for all the time. So you can go back. Sometimes I look at a film where I've I've watched it some five or six years later, and the mark's completely different. I think, well, who was this person? Who am I? I mean, what's going on in my head? Are you allowed to update it? Is that now set to life? I do update it, but I mean, I don't know which Marek. I don't know which Marek is writing the film. My worst films. The Last Station, which is a film with Christopher Plummer. I think I walked out of it from the cinema uh, about two years ago. Splice. Oh, Splice. It is awful. It's got that bloke with a pointy nose who always looks like he's about to cry. Yeah, yeah. Splice Um, is the one where they make that... that Yeah, Sarah Polly and Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, who's three seconds away from crying all the time. Oh, Splice is awful. It starts off with great potential and then rather than explore the characters having done this they just go what would be the grubbiest things to happen yeah uh, yeah. And it should change the name of Splice to piss <laughs> no um, one would have got to see that apart from you 
and welcome to the punch. Uh, I haven't seen uh, it. Which we talked about. Uh, I talked about earlier. I slagged off earlier on this year. Yeah. So no, yeah. we should think about this some more. Come back with our film. I think it was awful, but not because I found it horrific. Just because it's the stupidest film I've ever seen. The Human Centipede. Yeah, it's rubbish. Just, just stupid. It's, it's like a, it's like a press release rather than a film, isn't it? Oh, we're the police, but we're just not going to get our guns out. Oh no, we're dead. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. If I was a police officer, the first thing I'd do would get my gun out. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'd knock on the door with it. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, is it? It's Inspector Gun out. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, just before I knock on the door, I'd just waggle it in and out of the letterbox a bit. That's good. Inspector Gun out, Bobby Barrels. I tell you, a film that I started watching and couldn't finish because I got really bored. A Fighter, which won Oscars. Not seen it. Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg. Boring. Hmm. But I don't like Christian Bale when he's that thin. Makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah, you want to watch that on widescreen. You want to change the ratio so it doesn't yeah. work out. So he looks normal size and everyone else looks really fat. Um, anything else? I've got a letter. Do you want me, are we finished on that or not? No, no, read your letter. That was an intermission of a challenge. Uh, here we go. Dear Danielle, David and Merrick, thanks again for the first film Fandango Live. I had a great time. I feel I need to apologise on behalf of my date, who, upon shaking David's hand as we entered the venue, said, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> David was very gracious, and I'm putting my date's bluntness down to a combination of first date nerves and the disappointment of being told moments before, the contrary to what she had assumed, we were not about to watch the new but rebooted version of Robocop. <laughs> Thanks also to Merrick for not running from the bar and screaming upon finding out he was talking to two mathematicians after the screening. I was the beardy one. I fear I should also thank Danielle. Even though... <laughs> Why don't you talk like this all the time? Even, even though I didn't actually manage to interact with her on the night. Thanks for being Danielle, Danielle. Also, if they ever want to make a biopic of the woman who played Robocop's partner, Lewis, you were a dead ringer for that actress. <clears throat> okay. His partner? What, the blonde woman? Yeah, the blonde one. I don't look like her. Don't, actually. Oh, it's like when someone told me that I look like Mimi from a lower low. <laughs> <laughs> so you look like short women. Short blonde women. Who look like they may may have been in a crush. Okay. <laughs> Back to David Letter. Sorry that I'm thinking of Rene. Um, <laughs> it is terrible. Okay. Right, come on. I'm enjoying your accent. I want to hear more okay. of this. Okay. On to the topic of this email. Are there any film adaptations of books that you think have improved on the book? I can think of two examples. Where the ending of the film, I can't tell you. Where the ending of the film is better than the ending of the book. Watchmen and Enduring Love. Both altered the ending fairly significantly. In the case of Enduring Love, it was probably for the reasons of length, but a more probably uh, probably for the reasons of uh, but was more of a believable climactic moment. And with Watchmen, although set in a universe where Doctor Manhattan can exist, I thought the film's ending was far more believable and cleverer than the graphic novels. Uh uh yes, yeah, so that's his question. He said he's also read, read novelizations of Alien Aliens and are very good. Thank you very much, David. And it was nice t- um, to meet you at the at the thingy jobs. And yes, hopefully and... I'll get to interact with you one day. Mm. Yeah, and I was not in the least offended by your girlfriend not knowing who I was. I would have been more surprised if she did. Not girlfriend, sorry. First date, your date. Maybe by now it's his girlfriend. Who hopefully knows? it is, David. Yes. Films that are better than books. 
Watchmen's interesting because you know what the ending of sorry spoilers if you haven't read the graphic novel Watchmen yet fast forward a bit the end of Watchmen have you seen the film yes the end of the book is that um a giant space squid appears yeah um and the idea and it's been fabricated by human beings but they there's some sort of fictitious technologies to bring this into existence but the idea is that the world is united by the existence of extraterrestrials, and so war is ended. But the um, I started reading the girl with the dragon tattoo, and I found it quite boring, so I can't really do it justice. Mm. But I really enjoyed the, the uh, is it Swedish or not, or, or if one of those sort of Nordic one. I enjoyed both versions actually, but I thought that was a very good adaptation from from a book that I gave up on after about two or three chapters. And, of course, you thought the book of World War Z was not as good as the film. Yes, there we go. There we go. You've already answered it. Mm. Pre-answered it. Oh, it's off my head. I can't think of any. No, it is a tough one. Leave that with us. We'll rack our brains some more for that. But if you do have any ideas, please write them on one of our social media forum things yeah yeah facebook twitter or email they're the main ones Mm. um is that all the letters yeah well we're doing a uh, slightly shortened podcast this week um we are trying only seeing one film so hopefully we are not going to bankrupt ourselves but um we will be back next week so in the meantime keep watching the films And we will see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. If either the pollen goes in your eyes just as you're trying to cross the road, which can be hazardous. (laughs) How much worse would your hay fever have to get before you killed yourself? (laughs) Probably not much worse. So if if without hay fever is one, and where you currently are is four, yeah, how much worth? Well, for a couple of ten, obviously. Wow. Okay. But okay. Have to, everything has to get so to ten would before only, you kill yourself. It would only have to get one and a half times worth. Yeah, but it's a scale of ten. <laughs> no, not always. Some people, some depressives, would kill themselves around six or ten. That's true. There's, you know, yeah. What. A, Lovely opening. If you haven't put yourself <laughs> yet, <laughs> I'll put it away. Uh, some films were out this week. There were some films out this week, weren't there? Uh, what what have you the, gone to see? Well, I didn't go and see Before Midnight because I haven't seen the two other films, but I started watching Before Sunset and it was a bit boring. I really liked them Before Sunset, those two, but I felt I should watch them again before I watched Before Midnight. And also I thought, hmm, hey, do you know what? It's not really a cinema film, it's something you can watch at home. Yeah. So I thought I'd save that. And my last cinema trip involved Ethan Hawke. Uh, and I thought, give give another guy a chance. Ethan, yeah. you're bloody everywhere at the moment. <laughs> he is, it's a bit of like an Ethan Hawke season. Yeah. You want to almost purge yourself of Ethan Hawke. It's like Hawke season. Yeah. Nice. Which is not a thing. Who does he think he is? Michael Fassbender or Channing Tatum? Oh yeah, all those guys. Um, so Did you I... know Ethan Hawke actually played Kez? The, um... <laughs> That's true, That's <laughs> where he got his name. That's his, his breakthrough film. Now, mm. I worked with Birds of Prey, and I can tell you, Kestrel, not the same as a hawk. No, I know that. 
Kestrels are far more common in the countryside. You can see them hovering over. They're a lot lighter. They fly in a different way, different feet. It's really part get... of the the uh, the title of uh, the film. Kes comes from the book A Kestrel for a Knave, and that's from a rhyme, a medieval rhyme, which is which bird of prey goes with which person in the social uh, strata. Who gets a hawk? Yeah, it's a hawk for a prince. And an eagle for a queen. Oh, and a robin for a <laughs> pig. Plumber. A robin for a pig. <laughs> if you're a new listener, you will be baffled. Uh, but we've talked about Kez, so you know. That's a lovely. seagull for a sailor. Yeah, that'd be good. He'd like that. This is a good game, this. It is. A um, raven for a six-year-old. <laughs> yes, yeah, nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, an albatross for an albino. A red kite for an old bloke. That's quite... Oh, I said, why not play this? Uh, hey, we won't do all the birds. You can save some for yourself. Yeah. Um, also, there was other films out. We haven't still seen Man, Man of Steel. No, we haven't seen Man of Steel. Everybody's told us to avoid Man of Steel. I have, but it, fascinatingly, um, with Man of Steel, I've, I don't think in recent years I've had a film where so many people not only have told me they don't like it, but have wanted to tell me exactly why and give it their full review. And everyone seems to have enjoyed the first 20 minutes to 25% of the film. And then they sort of start weeping. I I had a friend who walked out of it. First film they've ever walked out of. Who walked out? A director friend of mine. But yeah, Yeah. a theatre director friend of mine. Not a proper director. Not the guy who directed it. Yeah, yeah. His mate, Guy Ritchie. Zach Schneider of 300 and Watchmen fame. Um... Uh, yeah, Man of Steel just doesn't look very... We've had lots of letters saying it's awful from you. Well, mm. We went out last week and there's been several more saying they're very unimpressed with it. So instead, what did we you go and watch? We went to see... I went to see the same film as you, but not at the same time because uh, I don't like that. Different times, different places, different <laughs> seats and cinemas. Different people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you go and see? World, World War, War Z! So here's my problem. Not, it's not yeah. World War Z. It is. It's World War Z. It's an American film. And, yeah, well, it's based a... on a book that is apparently World War Z because it's an American book. Uh, but isn't it supposed to be like a pun on World War Three? You see, so it's World War Z. Yeah, you didn't even get that. You thought it was a pun on World War Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the Great War or World, actually... World War Birth, as it was known. I World thought it was a pun on World War Shed. <laughs> An argument on allotment, and allotment gets out of hand. And Very out of they've hand. They've just scaled it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it like? Brad Pitt's production company, he's fought quite hard to get this film made. Yeah. There was a big battle over who was going to get Is the rights to it. Is he Plan B or Skydance? He's Plan B. Uh. Now, I have read or was 64%, according to my Kindle, uh, 64% of the way through the book this is based on. Okay. Have this, you read World Wars? No, but Z? this film made me want to read the book because the, I thought the film was okay. I'll get to it in a bit why well, I thought it was okay. But it, you can tell there's a great book in there. You can tell that there is a really good book in but there. Somewhere. Isn't that a frustrating thing in a movie where you go, oh, I bet the book's good? That just means you're not really enjoying this. That means, oh, it's got potential, but it's sort of mediocre. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, I've got a uh, another bone of contention. Did you not like it? Really? Well, air it. I liked the um, film. I thought the film was alright. I thought it was better than the book. I enjoyed oh, more the book. Really? really? This is coincides with an email later on. The book itself is got, it's not actually uh, 
the structure of it is very different from a normal novel. So you see the film, it's, it's got a sort of narrative in it with following one character. Essentially, the book is a collection of... It's written. It's compiled by a journalist, and it's a collection of interviews with different survivors of World War Z from around the world. So it's almost it's very journalistic. It reminded me of like a GCSE history exam when you're reading all different sources mm. about what happened. Do you know what? When I was watching the film and you're following the protagonist, I thought, oh, I bet the book's great because it will be all like his inner thoughts and that that they can't put on the screen, and that's not the so, case. But it's it sounds like a sort of literary experiment where it, it's sort of fabricating a. Um, of fabricating a historical document yeah. of an event, just I, just like Tolkien fabricated a mythology of a. But I think know. with Tolkien, did it? He did it more with the story and the back, the uh, you know the backgrounds of the depth of all this uh, Lord of the Rings is just huge. So is World War Z uh, more like short stories? Really? Yeah, it's, it's almost like reading news reports. It's like okay. reading a newspaper interview. Oh, uh, and and I found it quite boring because all around the world. Some of the stories are better than others. They're more uh, some individual stories about how people encountered zombies, some from, from different perspectives, like some people in Hollywood, you know, some people in poor areas of Japan, where the sort of areas where might have been the source of the actual disease. Loads of different experiences from different narrators. And after a while, it does get a bit tedious because you almost want a narrative. Yeah, you, you want to find what, out what happened. Yeah. But I think that's why it was so... Uh, maybe gain notoriety with that yes. was a different style of storytelling yeah and the, the feat of being able to write a book in with you know 50 different voices and that, and that epic scale for a zombie 50 shades of zombie 50 shades yeah. of yeah 50 shades of Z Z um, that epic style for that epic scale sorry for a zombie film is mm, something new rubbers intestines against my mouth <laughs> 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 He pushed his eyeball down my throat. I couldn't breathe, (laughs) but I didn't mind. Um, Now, does does this film, because I haven't seen it, I must admit, um, does this film do uh, what all zombie films do, and that is when the outbreak happens, uh, the human race, not only do they not know what it is, but they also could not conceive of a zombie virus and you have to spend ages with them discovering what zombies are no it's the total opposite it's Great. immediately well it's zombies isn't it brilliant that's because we have to get to that point with zombie films now and right? they use the word zombies and they, you normally you don't use the word zombies in a, I, there were things that it did that i really liked i like the fact that it just cuts to the chase and it was like oh 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 zombies one of the things that i didn't like i'll flip between my likes and dislikes too much crick cracking <laughs> Crick cracking, the crick crack really? beast. Oh man, there's way too much crick cracking. There's a lot of now. Crack, crack, crack. Let's talk about the zombies themselves. Yeah. Are I've they got, fast or slow? Yeah, this is a problem. Are yeah. they 28 days or Ramirez? Well, they're they even... try and they try and have their cake and eat it. Mm. Oh. Mm. They're cake eating zombies. Well, yeah, I think they would eat ca- yeah. if there was cake. cake. They, would eat it. they um, when they're. When they're not attracted by humans, they walk very slowly. So you get the you get some footage. Yeah, but I do that. The film's like in two parts, isn't it? There's like there's a, there's an epic part at the beginning with very fast zombies, and then the bit that I enjoyed much more was when they're in the lab when they're in Cardiff. The, towards the end. Yeah. What's interesting about this thing about is it's like they've taken four or five sections of the of the um, story. Yeah. I thought we'll just have these five stories and. Um, and weave into a narrative, but that's my my main problem to start off with. 
was that the trailer pretty much don't watch the trailer. It's a great trailer, but this film essentially is five set pieces, mm. and they reveal what happens in four of them and right. all the greatest shots in the trailer. It's a real. It, it's did, still good. But is is there is there a character piece at the heart? Who does Brad Pitt play? I don't think there is, but that's not a problem because okay. I don't mind it just being a guy with a mission. That's that's fun. I'm I'm actually quite happy with the idea of because you know, like beyond him loving his family, you know very very little about him. But he's still good to watch, though, Brad Pitt. He I really is, like watching. Yeah, him. Um, there is. It, it's, it, it's not much more than a bog standard zombie film. It tries to do different things with it. There's all this. There's this legend of how the original script was absolutely amazing and it was going to win Oscars and stuff, and it was going. It was a game changer in terms of horror films, and it doesn't really do that. It is. It's got some bog standard scares where there's nothing there and then a zombie appears right. for them. Um, there's some very it nice looks, visual set pieces, but the trailer made it look a bit sort of Black Hawk Downy or something like that. Yes, um, I... which was sort of relentless violence where it's epic scale, but you're in amongst it all the time and it just keeps rolling in a sort of steady cam way. I thought because there's so many zombies, it's obviously obviously computer generated. My mm. problem was the zombies yeah. themselves. Yeah. Because some people said that as well. There's no gore. No. Zombies aren't clean. Mm. There's no gore. So when, like, you, you see very little. There's not a lot of mess when the zombies get killed. Is um, it a fifteen? I think Must. it's. A t- I think that's one of the reasons there isn't any gore. It might even be a twelve. Yeah, I'm not sure. 12, twelve zombie no films. That's why. In it. That's why they tried to make it a watered down zombie film. So there isn't any gore. So it doesn't. There isn't really any gore at all. And the bits when there's loads of zombies, like the zombies sort of flow like water almost. They're mm. that fast and they're that, they like move out of the way and move around objects. Well. But it just looks fake. I think the first the first film to do that well and with an adversary that it made sense for was Starship Troopers with the, the bugs where yeah. they would swarm because they were insects, you know. And the, I, to my knowledge, it was the first time you saw that kind of massive shot of the piles of dead creating a ramp up the battlements kind of mm. thing, and that was terrifying. They just made... Who is that bloke with the um, nipple stuck to him? What? Who does the golem? Oh, uh, with Andy Circus. They just made Andy Circus to climb up a wall a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. Oh, please. Do it again. I want it to be incrementally different. (laughs) Another thing that makes it a bit disappointing, like, like, I was was fairly bored for the first half of it, and then I I enjoyed it. When it's, like, really, there's loads of zombies, and it's all kind of, where are we going to go? And it's like an action film. That, That and zombies don't mesh, because there's no sense of fear. Because it's just, in the same way that when, like, loads of things are exploding, there's... It's so stupid. Mm. You're obviously not going to really survive that. He's he's so lucky to get out of zombie swarms that it's sort of there's no real jeopardy when it moves to a more um, traditional zombie setting, the laboratory. Uh, it's much more interesting. It doesn't do anything. The, the only thing that it does differently from a normal zombie film is the fact that it has a slightly upbeat ending, which is also mm. cause some controversy. Yeah. I know what you mean about that too much big noise. I think I like to put it in these terms. It's like, say you were immediately scared and you shut yourself. Yeah. You yeah. go, oh, I've shut myself now. I, yeah, I would it can't say get that. Any wor- it can't get any worse than this. I've already done it. Yeah. Whereas if you're going for a slow boot, you think, yeah. I feel like I might do. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if I... That's the scary. anticipation, yeah, there's isn't no, it? There's no room. That's the word. Mm. 
Yeah, rather than... No, I, un- I, I appreciated your shitting yourself <laughs> analogy, though. There's no real build. <laughs> That's how people used to explain the word anticipation before it was invented. <laughs> you know how, before you shit yourself... I mean, this was maybe pre-language. Yeah, it's true. It used to mostly be done with mime. Now, do you need to see World War Z at the cinema, or can we just wait until it's on Netflix, inevitably? What's quite interesting, I saw a 2D version, apparently the 3D version. I imagine the 3D version must have been unwatchable. I went to 2D as well, because I couldn't stand it. 3D is worst when small things move fast. Yeah, I mean, I just I cannot imagine how horrible it must be to watch that in 3D. In and a bad way. nothing points out the screen at you either. Where are the swords? <laughs> Yeah, you need swords and you need... And um, balls bouncing out at you or a shark or something. Yeah, uh, tennis um, and swords. So I don't know mm. why the balls... Sword and balls. I don't think, I don't, it doesn't look like it was shot in 3D. It Wimble must be a post, post 3D. Um, it's absolutely fine. It is not as good as 28 Days Later. Um, How many Danielles? Six. Okay. Five and a half. Oh. So you got terrible reviews. This I really enjoyed it, and I actually give I give it an eight. Eight really? marks. Yeah. I've got some more points to make about this film. Make Go some on more then. Points. They turn into zombies in ten seconds. Okay. It's quite ridiculous. I like that. How do they transfer zombieism? Uh, it's through it's traditional way. It's through bites. But not through infected blood. That's made very clear at the beginning. Okay. Um, so you have to be bitten. A thing that I like, which I've not seen in a zombie film before, Brad Pitt tapes magazines to his arms. Because you know, like, you always get bitten on the mm. forearm. Tapes a couple of copies of uh, Razzle to his <laughs> arms and he's all right. You want to get... I mean, that's what makes it makes magazines worthwhile. Mm. The thing that made me want to read the book was that, that they'd obviously really well established a world. The thing with the tape, like the the fact that he does all these things to stop himself getting bitten, the fact that they've thought up a way of of having um, immunity to it, you know, that really just things that obviously, it's obviously a real world that the writer's created. That's what made me think the book must be really good because the whole idea of, you know, why the reason, I don't, don't give away spoilers, but there's a reason he goes to this lab um, in Cardiff. That's, I've not seen that done in a zombie film before as well, where you get, you know, there's like an anti-venom or some way of of combating them. Because um, obviously zombieism, it's about capitalism, isn't it? That's why Romero came up with it. Consumerism, like, Consumerism, yeah. it's the onslaught, the relentless onslaught of just wave after wave of not being able to beat this thing. And it's In that sense, it's not a traditional zombie film at all. It's not really a zombie film, to be honest. We we seem to be in an age of allegoryless cinema, though, don't we? Films yeah. aren't really about anything deeper; they're just the things that are happening. That stuck with me last. I listened to a podcast last week about you saying that missing the films in the eighties and all the great films that were that seemed to be released and that sort of sense of fun and a bit yeah. more to them. Mm. Whether I'm just being nostalgic, well, I think I am. I don't I think, think you are. I, I some good films are still being made, obviously, but just like that, it's those action films that we that I think we're going through a bit of a dud patch. Yeah, the action films are just action and nothing else. That's that's the best ones of... aren't being made in America. I think it's, it's probably... just I think see people get so carried away with CGI and what they can mm. do with CGI, they affect, they forget the fact 
that you need to actually care about the characters. There needs to be something. Well, it's why it's why um, we were talking about it just before we started recording. District Nine is so much fun. N- not technically an action film, but it's got you know, it's a it's a thriller. I love District but Nine, but it's it's an utterly adorable character piece, chock full of CGI. It can be done. You can make a CGI heavy piece that is really kind of grabs you and tells a good story. Uh, did you what do you think of Peter Capaldi? I forgot who's in it. But I knew I knew he was in it. Yeah, he goes to World War Z. Does he? Yeah. Is he one of the guys that wears a vest? No, he doesn't wear a vest. He just goes to the gym and he and he um I shouldn't tell people this, but he lives in Crouch End. He was in I've got a story about Peter Capaldi. Yeah. He's actually a proper gentleman. Is he? Because I was in. I Did he put his coat name. in a puddle for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wears a monocle. When I was crying, offered me his handkerchief. Oh, that's nice of him. And a carriage <laughs> ride home. Yeah, I stretched myself too far on the vibra <laughs> on the vibrator. Yeah. With quite a big agony, and he came over and he pulled my socks and offered me his handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I was doing the magicians, this Mitch and Webb film, uh, me and Tim Plester, who, who's basically, I did this pretty terrible cameo in a terrible film called Magicians where it's the average film called Magicians with a guy called Tim Plester who's since his career has gone much better than mine Peter Capaldi came out we were playing Dinosaur Top Trumps because we were so bored waiting around yeah yeah and he came over and he, I didn't even know who he was and he introduced himself and said hello and what he did and nice to meet us and it's really rare you get that on yeah, yeah. he said hello I'm Peter Capaldi off of famous television that you not he said on. I am Sir Peter Capaldi <laughs> From henceforth, you shall refer to me as Sir. Never look at me directly in the eyes, <laughs> I will have you killed. He, what a gentleman. He is in a film that I was completely obsessed with in the 80s. I saw it on Channel 4 and I taped it, and it was like my favourite film for ages, which is Lair of the White Worm, which also stars Hugh Grant. Wow. Peter Capaldi's really... That sounds amazing. ...really cool. Is it got Hugh a, it got a dragon in it? It's got a, it has got a giant worm. It's... it's Oh, it's brilliant. Hugh Grant, Peter Capaldi, Giant Worm. Amanda Donahoe. This, this sounds oh, great. She was sorted then. And also, Peter Capaldi played a transvestite in one of the Prime Suspects. Yeah. In like, Prime Suspect 2, isn't he? Yes. Mm. Oh, and he well, played an angel in well, uh, Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, made for TV series. Well done. I he played... he's running out of things to play. My the last point about yeah. World Sorry, War yes. Z is why are the zombies suddenly superhuman, or in general zombie films, if we surely we'd have worked out how to maybe suddenly you, you turn in ten seconds your body turns into something with strength that's multiplied by you know your normal times it's so a bit unrealistic. How do they Not get over the fact that zombie zombies would be easily defeated by any squad of trained military personnel with ammo? Because numbers. Um, yeah, numbers. It's a completely numbers game. They are overwhelmed because obviously zombies have no sense of personal risk. So it's just like a tide of flesh okay. coming at you. And the ten seconds. Ten seconds. So I bite, I bite Danielle. Ten seconds later, I crit crack. I'm a zombie. You've got to get down. By the time we've bitten Buddy, you can think how fast he can run. Yeah. I just stand on a raft. But we just jump We jump on each other's heads and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, and we don't... That's what... Are you yeah. like though a barrel of monkeys? Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, wow. Um, I yeah, the superhuman thing I put down to adrenal glands. Not for that long. Also, if you were that world war of zombies, and you managed to kill them all, and you build yourselves up again, someone keep that zombie gene a couple, you know, in the fridge just for the Olympics. 
because they run loads faster. Fast. You just if I was rebuilding the human race, as much as I enjoyed it, the Olympics wouldn't be a priority of mine to uh, get really back on track. It's really yeah, I mean, it's good for think the soul. Think of it was last year. Yeah. Yeah, but I would unite everyone under one nation, get rid of the nation states, so there'd be no one to compete against. Sounds like we've got a communist amongst the mists. Um, communists love the nation state. One of the other oh, yeah, things. Oh well, yeah. Are you a bumunist? <laughs> one of the. That's things... right, and proud of it. One of the things that's a little bit disappointing is it's always fun in zombie films to have your uh, zombie set pieces with an actual zombie. So, like, uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, you've got the little girl and then you've got stuff in the mall and mm. things. And, you know, you've got a group of people coming together. This is why it isn't really a zombie film. There's only one real fun zombie uh, who does the the thing with his teeth. And that's it. You only get to really see a zombie close up once. It's almost like they've spunked all the money on other things and didn't have any anything left for prosthetics. Mm. Uh, you need your spunk zombie. <laughs> you do. Um, so that was also... But it's fine. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> so I hope you're listening, Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's, for, for World War ZZ. I'd be really interested... To, it'd be interesting to read the original scripts. Mm. Like, this thing that it does that's so interesting and it just fails a little bit for me. I had such low expectations after all these things uh, a reading review it got panned yeah. yeah it's much better than that it's much better than you think it is me too that's why I think I gave it that's why I didn't absolutely hate it but now looking back it probably isn't very good I've given it I think I've given it a generous eight but I still am stand by that okay well that's World War Z in cinemas now if you fancy it if you've seen it already um, why not Tell us what you thought of it. Email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or write something on our Facebook wall, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango. Or twist for us. I would be interested to know what your favourite zombie films are. Ooh. At Film Fandango. You see Flight of the Living Dead? See, yeah. that's why there's a... I'm not going to... I don't want to give anything away, but it's <laughs> a, a bit like Flight of the Living Dead, but not as much fun. I get mixed up with... Uh, I think the more one's the best. That's the second. That's Dawn of the Dead. Dawn yeah. of the Dead's the And the remake one. of that was also very good. Really good, yeah. Yeah, a great film. Right, well. It is time. We to have speak to got you. some correspondences. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, so, uh, Danielle, you have uh, something, an email there. An email? email? An email. Yeah. Facebook. This is our face from our Facebook. Facebook. It's on a it's piece a... of paper, so I don't know the origin. It's Facebook. Apparently it's Facebook. Facebook. Uh, it's from Janice Earls in Milton Keynes. I don't know what that accent is. But Milton they're... Keynes is a new town, so it has to be an, a completely neutral accent, like a, bit, a robot. I think a bit depressed, though. A depressed robot. And they have cows there. A depressed cow robot. Le- uh, uh, yes, but maybe um, she's lactose intolerant. One of you, sorry, can't remember which, wondered what we thought you looked like if we hadn't seen you. I always think of Danielle as Clara from the current Doctor Who. Hmm, Marek as Peter Davison, as he appeared in the old Doctor Who, I'm spotting a theme here. And David as Scott Bakula rhymes with Dracula, as he appeared in Quantum Leap. Why am I not in Doctor Who? Well, you're still in a sci-fi series, <laughs> Yeah, sweetheart. mine is great. As I have Emmy, I spend most of my time resting. I would really look forward and have listened to every one of your podcasts. Thanks for brightening my day. Janice Ells from Milton Keynes. Thank you, Janice, for your Facebook message. Thank you, Janice. I'm glad I... you listened to the podcast. I don't look anything like Clara, but... um. Clara Oswald. Clara Oswald. I'm going to run around and not be, not react to any danger. <laughs> Hello, blokes. 
I think that probably mine is the most flattering of those. Peter Davidson. I like I look Scott more like, Bakula. I look more like Peter Davidson now in what was he in that vet thing he did. Oh yeah. No, oh, he's oh, my mum loved that. All creatures great and small. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I had Peter Davidson's autograph from winning a drawing competition when I was four on a Doctor Who poster, and my I won a. a drawing competition basically and my mum threw the poster away it would have been worth 80 billion pounds what, now. you should have taken it on uh, Dickinson's Real Deal I was going to do that but I, hope I was going to take it on Holmes under the hammer <laughs> <laughs> well I've got an email here are you not going to discuss the fact you look like Scott you said look like your voice sounds like Scott Bakula Scott Bakula's I voice I think you look more like Scott Bakula than who has the same birthday as me um, well, th- um, than Marek or I look like people from Doctor Who. Well, I, but it's my voice, isn't it? So it's, I'm clearly giving you off something that suggests that I've just been dropped into a brand new situation and I'm barely coping with it. No, I think there's something quite. Um, what's the word? Is deeply moralistic. Yes. Yeah, and a bit annoying. And I'm always slightly listening to a voice in my head tell me statistics about things. You could play you could play the remake. There must be a remake of Quantum Leap soon or a film of it. Yeah, you'd think so. I'd love that. That would be great. Who would we get to play Al? Um, Dean Stockwell's still around. We'd have to be, I think... Channing Tatum. These days you'd probably need to have someone sort of ethnically diverse. Queen Latifah. Um, Queen Latifah. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Alicia Dixon. All of them. A Alicia. massive group of ethnically diverse people. Yeah, you've got more than one. All of our Ziggies, say. You've Lucy Lou. Yeah. She'd be good. Now we're just listing ethnically diverse people again, She makes aren't a we? good sidekick. Is Gandhi still alive? No, he's not. He famously died. Nelson Mandela. Well. Well, who knows? This goes out on Friday. Get well soon, Nelson. Or rest in peace. Now... <laughs> Now, I've got an email here. <laughs> well, we've got to cover ourselves. Okay, I've got an email here from Ben Grubb. Ben writes, Hello, David, Daniel, American buddy. First off, I'd just like to say how much my wife and I enjoy Film Fandango Live. It was interesting to see the films you guys made. We thought Buddy's performance was particularly powerful. And great to see Robocop again. It's been a long time for me and the first time for my wife on the big screen. Hopefully it won't be the last time you hold an event like that. I've been thinking, after your discussion of your 3030 films, what would be at the other end of the spectrum? For example, Danielle has mentioned a few times about her dislike of Run Fat Boy Run. And I'd be very interested to hear more about your least favourite films and more specifically, why you didn't like them. Maybe it could also cover films which are widely regarded as good, but you feel are massively overrated or just plain rubbish. I think it could make for an interesting and amusing discussion, mainly just because I like listening to Danielle rent on about crap. He says things, I added the crap for flavour. Anyway, keep up the good work, and hopefully I'll get to see you at the Forge and Foundry again at some point. Cheers, Ben. P.S. Just FYI, I live in London, and I'm originally from East Sussex, so I have no strong accent to speak of. (laughs) Thanks, Ben Grubb. Um, Thanks, Ben Grubb. You've actually um, 
echoed a similar uh, request from Ian Smith on Facebook, who said, we've heard your 30-star uh, movies. What about your zero or under five-star movies? Sorry, um, so, Ian Smith is from uh, the Antarctic. The Antarctic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's better. It's the Arctic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, Doing your polar bear accent. Worst films. Well, I hate The Untouchables. Oh, but come on, it's not going to get zero, 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 no, is it? No, I'm just saying it's a film that is widely regarded as a classic. Okay, how about we make this the challenge this week? Pick a film, see if it can get under five total. Uh, I've got one. Okay, Danielle, you go first. Serendipity. I can't even remember it. Neither can I. No. I have seen it, though. Is that the one with Ben Aff- No, Sandra Bullock and... No. No, it's Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack. I have not seen for. it. Basically, pick any Kate Beckinsale film. Film your. I'll go for Pearl Harbor. I've not seen. <laughs> oh, Pearl Harbor zero. <laughs> You've not seen it. No. Automatically has to get a five for not seeing it. And any Kate Beckinsale film, then you're safe. Yeah. I what about Shooting Fish? That's all right. Okay, that was the one when she broke through. And yeah. She those weird sort of. When her sh- hair was still short. Yeah. Um. Come on, Marek, what's your guess? Under, under fives? Hmm. On uh, the 51st state. I've not seen it. With Samuel L. Jackson in a kilt. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. And I don't understand what Robert it Carlyle. thinks it's doing. Yeah, it's that's for me, it's got to be like a two. I think it's a one for me. I've not seen it. <sighs> I've got a suggestion, though. Yeah. Unbreakable. Oh, Unbreakable, I found contemptible as a film. I would give it... I think right, I think it? it's a three. I think it's all right. I don't like to ever engage my brain when watching a film, mate. So that's why. Aww. Oh, it's really smug. Um, they called me Mister Glass. <laughs> Shut up. Whose turn is it now? It's I'm disabled, so I must be evil. Stupid M Night Shyamalan. I haven't had a guess. I'm going to guess Dark Shadows. I've not seen that's the one I've seen that yeah I've forgotten you hadn't seen it it was a zero from me with these films is that you you hear they're really really bad so you you don't watch them them. Mm. let's try and think of some films that are generally widely regarded as being great that you hated then well I went through my IMDB what I like to do on IMDB when I've seen a film I go home I go straight on the internet and I give it a mark on IMDB and what's great about it is it saves all your ratings for all the time so you can go back sometimes I look at a film where I've I've watched it some five or six years later and the mark's completely different and I think well who was this person who am I I what's going on in my head are you allowed to update it is that now set for life I do update it but I mean I don't know which Marek I don't know which Marek is writing the film my worst films The Last Station which is a film with Christopher Plummer I think I walked out of it from the cinema uh, about two years ago Splice oh Splice it is awful it's got that bloke with a pointy nose who always looks like he's about to cry yeah yeah Splice Um, is the one where they make that that yeah Sarah Polly and Adrian Brody Adrian Brody who's three seconds away from crying all the time oh Splice is awful it starts off with great potential and then rather than explore the characters having done this they just go what would be the grubbiest things to happen yeah uh, yeah. they should change the name of Splice to Piss <laughs> no um, one would have got to see that apart from you 
And welcome to the punch. Uh, I haven't seen uh, it. Which we talked about, uh, I talked about earlier, I slagged off earlier on this year. Yeah. No, we should think about this some more, come back with our film I think was awful, but not because I found it horrific, just because it's the stupidest film I've ever seen. The Human Centipede. Yeah, it's rubbish. Just, just stupid. It's, it's like, a, it's like a press release rather than a film, isn't it? Oh, we're the police, but we're just not going to get our guns out. Oh no, we're dead. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. If I was a police officer, the first thing I'd do would get my gun out. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'd knock on the door with it. Oh, <laughs> oh is it? Is Inspector Gun out? <laughs> Yeah, I would, uh, just before I knock on the door, I'd just waggle it in and out of the letterbox a bit. That's good. Digga, 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 digga. Expect a gun out of Bobby Barrels. I tell you, a film that I started watching and couldn't finish because I got really bored, A Fighter, which won Oscars. Not seen it. Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg. Boring. Hmm. But I don't like Christian Bale when he's that thin. Makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah, you want to watch that on widescreen. You want to change the ratio so it doesn't yeah. work out. So he looks normal size and everyone else looks really fat. Um, anything else? I've got a letter. Do we, are we finished on that or not? No, no, read your letter. That was an intermission of a challenge. Uh, here we go. Dear Danielle, David and Merrick, thanks again for the first film Fandango Live. I had a great time. I feel I need to apologise on behalf of my date, who, upon shaking David's hand as we entered the venue, said, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> David was very gracious, and I'm putting my date's bluntness down to a combination of first date nerves and the disappointment of being told moments before that contrary to what she had assumed, we were not about to watch the new but rebooted version of Robocop. <laughs> Thanks also to Merrick for not running from the bar screaming upon finding out he was talking to two mathematicians after the screening. I was the beardy one. I feel I should also thank Danielle. Even though... <laughs> Why don't you talk like this all the time? Even, even though I didn't actually manage to interact with her on the night. Thanks for being Danielle, Danielle. Also, if they ever want to make a biopic of the woman who played Robocop's partner, Lewis, you were a dead ringer for that actress. <clears throat> okay. His partner? What, the blonde woman? Yeah, the blonde one. I don't look like her. You don't, actually. Oh, it's like when someone told me that I look like Mimi from a lower low. <laughs> <laughs> so you look like short women. Short blonde women. You look like they may may have been in a crush. Okay. <laughs> Back to David's letter. Sorry, that I'm thinking of Rene. Um, <laughs> it is terrible. Okay. Right, come on. I'm enjoying your accent. I want to hear more. Okay. okay. On to the topic of this email. Are there any film adaptations of books that you think have improved on the book? I can think of two examples. Where the ending of the <laughs> I film, shan't tell you. Where the ending of the film is better than the ending of the book. Watchmen and Enduring Love. Both altered the ending fairly significantly. In the case of Enduring Love, it was probably for the reasons of length, but a more probably uh, probably for the reasons of uh, but was more of a believable climactic moment. And with Watchmen, although set in a universe where Doctor Manhattan can exist, I thought the film's ending was far more believable and cleverer than the graphic novels. Uh uh yes, yeah, so that's his question. He said he's also read, read novelizations of Alien and Aliens and they're very good. Thank you very much, David. And it was nice um, to meet you at the at the thingy jobs. And yes, hopefully and... I'll get to interact with you one day. Mm. Yeah, and I was not in the least offended by your girlfriend not knowing who I was. I would have been more surprised if she did. Not girlfriend, sorry. First date, your date. Maybe by now it's his girlfriend. Who hopefully knows? it is, David. Yes. Films are better than books. 
Watchmen's interesting because you know what the ending of sorry spoilers if you haven't read the graphic novel Watchmen yet fast forward a bit the end of Watchmen have you seen the film yes the end of the book is that um a giant space squid appears yeah um and the idea and it's been fabricated by human beings but they there's some sort of fictitious technologies to bring this into existence but the idea is that the world is united by the existence of extraterrestrials, and so war is ended. But the um, I started reading the girl with the dragon tattoo, and I found it quite boring, so I can't really do it justice. Mm. But I really enjoyed the. the uh, is it Swedish or, Nord- or or if one of those sort of Nordic one? I enjoyed both versions actually, but I thought that was. A very good adaptation from from a book that I gave up on after about two or three chapters. And of course, you thought the book of World War Z was not as good as the film. Yes, there we go. There we go. You've already answered it. Mm. Pre-answered it. I, oh, it's off my head. I can't think of any. No, it is a tough one. Leave that with us. We'll rack our brains some more for that. But if you do have any ideas, please write them on our one of our social media. Forum things. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, or email. They're the main ones. Mm. Um, is that all the letters? Yeah. Well, we're doing a uh, slightly shortened podcast this week. Um, we are trying only seeing one film, so hopefully we are not going to bankrupt ourselves. But um, we will be back next week. So in the meantime, keep watching the films. And we will see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.